100,000% into this business. This is not a side hustle. This is a full-time day and night, even while we dream type of job. Uh, that's what my dreams consist of today is uh, dreaming about Zen. And mm -hmm. so the one thing I would say to entrepreneurs who are looking to start a business, if you believe in yourself, go all in, you know, take the risk there. There's no buddy better to bet on than yourselves. Uh, if you're in the stock market, you're investing in stocks, those prices are going up and down. You have zero control over those companies and what happens to your wealth. If you believe in yourself, go all in, uh, work your tail off. And, uh, you know, a lot of bad things are going to happen along the way. A lot of mistakes are going to be made. Learn from those mistakes. But, uh, you know, just continue to work hard and keep moving the ball forward every day. Little incremental uh, movements forward will definitely add up. And eventually you'll get that hockey stick curve that everybody dreams about. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Asim Khan. And uh, Asim, um, with, or is a quick intro, um, him and his brother are uh, immigrants originally from Pakistan. Um, his parents came to the U.S. to uh, for additional or to for additional opportunities. Um, grew up uh, grew up humbly, or in his words, uh, poor or humbly. Um, and parents uh, worked two or three jobs growing up. Went to high school, played sports, and then went to college and went to the same schools as older brother did. Um, got a finance or both of them got I think both him and his brother got finance degrees uh, worked as investment bankers weren't fulfilled in the job or in the job so him and his brother I decided they wanted to uh, or wanted to work together and do something else and so got into the health and wellness uh, business and uh, started something with his brother so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast to Sim. Hey Devin thanks uh, for having me on good to see you again and looking Absolutely. forward to this podcast. Hey, I'm excited to have you on and have a good conversation. So I just took a much longer journey, condensed into the 32nd version. So let's unpack that a bit and uh, tell me a little bit about how you uh, your journey got started uh, with your uh, migrating from Pakistan. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be a guest on your show. Uh, so just a quick backdrop. We are immigrants, as you mentioned, from Pakistan. Uh, moved to the States in 1984, uh, suburbs of Chicago. We came here for the same reasons every other immigrant comes to this great country. It's, this is the best land of opportunity out there. And we've been thankful. Uh, we came from humble background and, uh, you know, have been able to become successful along the way. So uh, just work hard and uh, went to school uh, at Marquette University uh, here in Milwaukee, where headquartered out of here as well now so now you and just to, to kind of or back up a little bit so you guys came make sense coming to the u.s looking for additional opportunities and then you also mentioned uh, beforehand or uh, but when we chatted a bit before the podcast um that you know you grew up humble beginnings your parents were working you know two or three jobs um, but it provided a bit of an opportunity. So you went to high school and played sports but then as you were coming out of high school you both you and your brother went to college is that right C correct. So, um, yeah, just backing up, uh, 
we we did go to high school together. He was a year older than me, and then I actually followed him to Marquette University up here in Milwaukee. And uh, he was doing accounting and finance, so I figured I'd do accounting and finance. So uh, after college, we uh, then went on to do the Wall Street stuff. Uh, he went and did investment banking at Merrill Lynch. I actually went and did investment banking at Merrill Lynch. And for a while, we lived together in Chicago. Then he moved out to San Francisco. Uh, I moved. Just one real quick question before you get too far in, just because I said yeah. a question, maybe backing back up to college. So. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it sounds like it was basically as simple as my brother went to college here. I'm going to go to college here. My brother got this degree. I'm going to go get this degree as well. And it wasn't as simple as, hey, I look up to my brother and whatever he's doing has got to be a good decision. Was a bit more in depth of that. Or I just, you know, it was interesting that you went to the same schools, you got the same degrees. What was the, the motivation there? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that movie with uh, Drew Carey. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yes, man. Yes, man. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm blanking on his name, but, uh, anyways, I, I actually started out at a different university in, uh, Pittsburgh called Carnegie Mellon, uh, where I had a full scholarship for computer engineering. And, uh, that's what I thought I was going to be because, uh, when you're an immigrant from Pakistan, there's two expectations, either you become a doctor or an engineer. And I didn't like the medicine side of things. I guess I wasn't good enough for that. But I was really good at physics and math and uh, engineering type of stuff. And so I tried my uh, shot at that, but then uh, quickly realized that wasn't going to be a good fit. So I took a semester off. Then I went to a community college for another semester. And by that time, my brother was uh, a junior at Marquette and I was uh, going to be a sophomore. So I didn't want to stay in a community college in the Chicago suburbs. So I figured, why not just move up here? So I do have a lot of respect for him. I do think very highly of his decision making. And so that definitely did play a part in uh, to my decision to ultimately end up at Marquette University. And then I did right. accounting and, and finance. At least, at least to the credit or a bit of the background, you did say, okay, I am going to go to a different university. I tried that. So it wasn't simply just following in your shoe sets. But after you tried that, you're saying, Hey, we're yeah. a lot more alike and I'm going to go down the path that he's enjoying because it looks like I'd enjoy that too. Is that about right? Right, right. I wanted to get into business and uh, he was doing accounting and seemed very practical and mechanical in some ways, uh, you know, just logical uh, numbers. I like numbers. So that was the reason I went into accounting. I've never actually used accounting in my career other than, you know, uh, just from an observer saying I was never a CPA. Hmm. Okay, so uh, makes sense. So now, okay, now kind of continuing on with the story. So now you, you both you and your brother, you've got the finance degrees, you're coming out of college. And then how did you guys kind of decide where you were going to work or what the next step of your journey was? Right. So, you know, part of uh, coming over to the States was to get good jobs, build a good career, start families. And uh, finance careers have, you know, a lot of money associated with them. And so, Investment banking was the big thing at the time, still is today, I'm guessing. And uh, it was more fun, more interesting than go going to be a public accountant. Not that there's anything wrong with public accountant. My personality just wasn't suited for that. Neither was my brother. So we tried our hand at investment banking, worked incredibly long hours, slept a lot of times under the desk, you know, at the office and a lot of FaceTime as well, uh, you know, uh, putting together pitch books and then going to presentations, et cetera. 
So I did that for two years. My brother did that for four years out in San Francisco. And then I went into the startup world myself uh, in the uh, early 2000s. I, uh, I was involved in two software companies uh, back to back. Neither of them worked out and that's why I'm still working my ass off. No, and I think that that makes sense. And so, and I think, you know, one of the things you'd hit on was with the job is that you went into investment banking and, you know, I hear that a lot from, you know, friends and other people that I know in the industry, which is a lot of hours, long work, high burnout, hard to, you know, job satisfaction, super competitive, and you're looking to say, okay, while it may pay well, or maybe, you know, a good opportunity from the outside, it's not what you necessarily want to do, or it's not fulfilling. And it's not what you're saying, hey, I don't want to do this forever. And so as you guys, as you're kind of coming to this realization, saying, okay, not getting the fulfillment here, it made, you know, all these long hours and long, you know, or work days and, you know, it burnout and everything else is not what I want for long term. And no, I don't think anybody would, or very few people would. And so as you're trying to decide, okay, now you're hitting the, the pause button, so to speak on that. So how did you get you? And I think both your, you and your brother kind of had this at similar periods of time, but how did you decide what you're going to do next? Or if you're not, not going to work for the investment banking, what you, where you were going to focus on? Right. So for myself, I went from investment banking into the tech startup world for a couple of years, and then I went into private equity after that. So prior to starting uh, Zinn with my brother, uh, I spent 15 years in a uh, private equity firm. It was a total of $2 billion under management. I was one of the partners. Uh, again, I was not fulfilled. My brother, on the other hand, did investment banking for most of his career. And then he did have a stint uh, starting a hedge fund out in Denver. And we ended up in Wisconsin. Our wives are from here, our family's here now. And so that's how we uh, boomerang back, boomerang back into uh, this nice community. They say, okay, I'm gonna boomerang back. And so now you, you and your brother, you went out and did uh, a few startups. You tried a few different things. You worked for, you know, or a little bit more of managing funds and kind of getting into a different area. You know, how did that, you know, bit bringing it full circle or kind of up to where you're at today? And I think we talked about before uh, something you wanted to do was get or to do something in health and wellness and start a business there. So how did you kind of make that transition or what prompted that? And how did you kind of get into that area? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. So we had been talking about doing something together for about three to five years prior to actually getting into this fund venture. Um, I would say that for us to um, actually make the transition from making decent money to betting on ourselves at the end of the day, that was based on an aha moment. And uh, we're very blessed. Um, we were traveling back to Pakistan with our parents and our father, he's uh, 80 some years old, he's a diabetic. And as you may know, diabetics from time to time get uh, neuropathy, which is uh, severe inflammation and pain in ex uh, extremities. So hands, feet, joints, et cetera. And after a very long uh, you know, journey back home to visit family, our father experienced a very severe episode of neuropathy while we were at our aunt's house. Uh, it's his younger sister who we were staying with at the time. And uh, she did what a typical Pakistani or an Indian or a South Asian in that part of the world would do, which is to take turmeric and she ground it into a powder, blended it with olive oil, made a gritty 
kind of nasty, disgusting looking paste. It's in our language, it's called Haldi, H-A-L-D-I. And uh, we actually used it extensively while we were playing sports to recover from injuries. So it wasn't anything new. It was just timing and uh, by chance that that happened to our father. And so after she applied the gritty paste to his foot where the inflammation and pain was, uh, within an hour, his pain was completely gone. And, you know, that was the aha moment that started this fun little journey uh, that we're in year five of. And at that point, we saw, you know, his pain go away using nature. <clears throat> Excuse me. And my brother and I had been talking about getting together and doing business startup, uh, particularly focused on health and wellness. And so we started researching turmeric. So but when we got back, uh, so this was December of 2016, we went full force into researching the science of turmeric. And if I may briefly, turmeric is uh, about the length of a finger. It's a cousin of the ginger root. There's over 300 different ingredients in the turmeric root itself, uh, potassium, zinc, iron, et cetera. But the main compound that's responsible for its anti-inflammatory power uh, which makes it a superfood, if you will, is this little compound called curcumin. And so all of the studies, the medical and the academic research studies were pointing to this compound curcumin. So we went uh, full on into researching curcumin. Today, there's close to 60,000 scientific and medical research studies globally on curcumin's anti-inflammatory and immunity boosting properties. Since COVID started, research has increased dramatically into COVID's immunity boosting properties. And so uh, for the first seven, eight months after we returned from Pakistan, our focus was exclusively on the science of turmeric. Uh, one other important point, uh, curcumin is, has low bioavailability, which means it doesn't absorb as readily into your bloodstream. So you could consume the equivalent of the turmeric roots that are in our beverage, which is about 15 turmeric roots worth of health benefits and still not feel the impact because it, uh, that curcumin is going through your system. So we figured out a way to supercharge the absorption by taking the curcumin and combining it with the black pepper extract uh, to make it absorbable into your system. It actually increases absorption by 2000%. Now you say, okay, you know, there's merits to turmeric. It has some actual health benefits. You say, me and my brother have always wanted to get into this, do a business together and explore that. So now, you know, catching us up a bit to where today, where's the business at? Have you guys started it? Are you doing this full time? Is it a side hustle? You're still building it or kind of where does that bring it at today? Or as you guys have wanted to explore that and get this up to speed, kind of where's the business at? Sure. So I'll step back just one more time. Uh, so we knew turmeric was becoming popular. It was a quote unquote, newer, trendy ingredient in the West. It's been uh, trending for 5,000 years in our part of the world. We saw a bunch of other turmeric products out there. Uh, we looked at those products and figured out that there isn't enough turmeric or enough uh, binding agent to make it absorbable. So most of what was turmeric out there in terms of food and beverage products was just a hodgepodge of, you know, marketing. And we wanted to do the real thing. So in terms of why we decided to get into this, we didn't want to get into another 
uh, crowded market like a kombucha or an energy drink. We, we, we went from a finance industry to the hardest thing that we could possibly imagine, which is marketing to consumers, uh, you know, and uh, we wanted to do a white space. We wanted to get into a white space where nobody was at. And so there weren't at the time any curcumin infused, uh, you know, food and beverage products. There were supplements, curcumin supplements have existed for decades, but there was no non-GMO project verified curcumin infused beverage or drink mix powder or anything else. And we said, okay, no one knows about this space, but people are learning more and more about turmeric, and this is where we're going to focus. So in January of 2018, after doing all the research, sourcing, lab testing, you know, developing the brand and marketing strategy, et cetera, we launched, we had our first sale. I think that first, uh, you know, $40 bill or uh, 220s that we got from our first sale in cash is sitting somewhere around our offices. Uh, as a you know uh, token to what we started, and so today we're in over six thousand retail stores. We're nationwide. Uh, we have mass concentration on the East Coast, uh, in the Midwest, and uh, to some extent the South. We're expanding westward. We're in uh, you know a good amount of the professional and collegiate sports programs, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, etc. Uh, we work with a number of athletes. We're uh, in all the U.S. military bases globally in their commissaries. Uh, we are actually a dietitian approved uh, item, food item in those commissaries by DECA. That's the agency that's responsible for those commissaries. And then uh, we have come out with a second product, which is a powder version of our drinks. Uh, it in actually uh, includes zinc in addition to the vitamin C, vitamin D, curcumin, and piperine, and uh, it has electrolytes. So there aren't any other products like what we have in the market today. And we're looking to continuously expand distribution, expand our direct-to-consumer business. And then uh, our goal is to launch one to two new products per year based on curcumin and piperine. Oh, sounds like an, an awesome, you know, uptick and uh, been able to get into a lot of stores and, and hit it hard and, uh, and find a lot of success. So that's definitely exciting for you guys. And so now as we've kind of reached the, the present uh, point of your journey and kind of where you're at today, always a great time to transition to the, the two questions I always ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what'd you learn from it? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if it was the worst business decision, but in hindsight, we would have done things differently. It was to start out with a heavy product, like a beverage. Uh, each bottle weighs roughly a pound. A case of, uh, you know, our drinks weighs about 15 pounds. And it's hard to build a direct-to-consumer business. And then also all the cost associated with trucking, logistics, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, other types of things that may go awry. It's more costly of a business uh, than, let's say, a powder business or the future products that we'll come out with. But what it does do is it provides a banner in retail. Uh, so you have a bottle that's, uh, you know, almost 10 inches tall or nine inches tall that's sitting on a cooler shelf and your logo is ever present, your brand is ever present in retail. So it's another, call it a billboard 
advertising. And so we look at it both as a marketing investment as well as a hopefully a profit center down the road. Oh, definitely makes sense. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a, a good lesson to learn and, and the error sounds like a, a, a good uh, mistake to learn from. So now second question, um, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you give them? Yeah, I would say like us, this is uh, also answering one of your earlier questions. We're a hundred thousand percent into this business. There, This is not a side hustle. This is a full-time day and night, even while we dream type of job. Uh, that's what my dreams consist of today is uh, dreaming about Zen. And mm -hmm. so the one thing I would say to entrepreneurs who are looking to start a business, if you believe in yourself, go all in, you know, take the risk there. There's no buddy better to bet on than yourselves. Uh, if you're in the stock market, you're investing in stocks, those prices are going up and down. You have zero control over those companies and what happens to your wealth. If you believe in yourself, go all in, uh, work your tail off. And, uh, you know, a lot of bad things are going to happen along the way. A lot of mistakes are going to be made, learn from those mistakes, but uh, you know, just continue to work hard and keep moving the ball forward every day. Little incremental uh, movements forward will definitely add up. And eventually you'll get that hockey stick curve that everybody dreams about. I, and I like that. And I think that there's, you know, I like how you preempt that. It's not just, hey, you start a business and it's going to be a hockey stick out of the, the shoe. There is a lot of time, sweat, blood and tears and those type of things. And it's also effort, you know, the, that's why it's always interesting to hear the journey because everybody just see, wants to see the hockey stick at the end. They don't yeah. see, Hey, we went through multiple or different paths. We went into different jobs. We had burnout. We had things we weren't fulfilled. Took us a while to land on the idea. Even once we had the idea, we had to get through, get into different stores and we had to, you know, be able to figure out the market and what, or, you know, what make the mistakes. All of that goes into the hopefully the hockey stick at the end, but there's that whole journey before. And so I think that having that desire to go all in, but then also having the understanding, of, even with all of that, it's going to take a period of time is definitely a, a great uh, takeaway. Well, as, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? Yeah, so... Um... People can learn more about uh, us at www.drink, D-R-I-N-K, Zen, Z as in zebra, Y as in yellow, N as in nancy.com. Or they could email us at marketing at drinkzen.com or at revive, uh, like you revive and rejuvenate. Uh, so R-E-V-I-V-E at drinkzen.com. Uh, and our rest of the contact information, our phone number is on our website as well. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to check out the website, uh, check out the health benefits and, and support a great business. And with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of you, the listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So let's go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners, make sure to click subscribe, share, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome journeys. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your business, go to uh, strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Thank you, Sim, for coming on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. Likewise, nice meeting you.